This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. They have decontamination procedures. It's going to be much easier for them to decontaminate you wearing protective gear than it is if you got the stuff on your skin and you've already been exposed. With alpha radiation, you could stop that with just a piece of paper. But if you breathe it in, it's very dangerous. It will cause lung cancer. And you don't want to learn about this days later when the feds come in with their big machines and they tell you that you've been exposed to dangerous amounts of radiation. Hey everybody, welcome to the Survival Show podcast with Ben and me, David, where it's our job to take you step-by-step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster and show you how to use the lessons you learned today to thrive in your life tomorrow. Ben, I'm actually really super stoked about the guest we have today. I'm still missing Craig. Craig, we love you, man. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get him on soon. But Ben and I are are at SHOT Show and we're, we're just able to meet some really cool cats. And literally, I was walking down the hall today and this, this young man, Roman, not so young, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but uh, Roman, Roman is the founder, CEO of uh, Myra, Mira, Mira, mm-hmm. Mira Safety, and uh, they do uh, safety protection uh, equipment. And we're going to talk about, in, in light of, it's just very timely, in light of, uh, at the time of this recording, the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan, China. So we're going to talk through that. We're going to share with you guys uh, how to select a mask or a filter for things such as this, what not to use, and we're going to, and a whole lot more. But before we get into this, Ben, I want to thank our sponsor, Sportsman's Guide. Just go to Sportsman's Guide. Sportsman's Guide's awesome. You all know it. Yep. You all know it's cool. If you don't, just go over there. It's really cool. If you're outdoorsy at all, if you even if you like just want some patio furniture for spring and summer, like they have cool stuff. They got some great, always a great discount over there. Lots and lots of stuff. Military surplus stuff. We'll talk about that even too, right? We Gas will. masks and stuff and military <laughs> surplus. Uh, what not to get, what to get, how to, you know, just you, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. And our other sponsor is tinysurvival.com. So we're going to be working a little bit today out of section R for you guys to track along with us in the Tiny Survival Guide, Mass Destruction Preparation. This is going to be some worst case scenario events and all of that. There's a QR code to get you some more training there and some gear. Uh, So you want to check that out. And uh, yeah, you can get those over at tinysurvival.com, Amazon, eBay, Walmart, wherever. Just get yourself some Tiny Survival Guide. And Ben, you ready to get into this and bring Roman in? Let's learn some stuff. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Really excited. Yeah, Roman. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for literally reaching out and saying, hey, David. Hey, yeah, can yeah. I send you some of this stuff? <laughs> and then we got to talking, right? And uh, 
And with all of this crazy, crazy stuff, and it's not just the uh, coronavirus, right? There's a lot of things going on in the There's world. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of civil unrest worldwide, which require protective equipment. You know, you got the uh, situation in Hong Kong. People are really suffering over there, and they mm. just made it illegal to import uh, certain types of respirators. So, you know, we send respirators to Hong Kong. We've been doing so for many months. And you guys will have to excuse my voice. This is day four of SHOT Show, so it's a little cracked up, but please bear with me. Um, so, yeah, in Hong Kong, um, people were ordering. We were supplying product for a long time. And just recently, uh, they started confiscating packages because now they deem these products as uh, contributing to the political dissent that's going on in the area. Mm. And you know the the China, People's Republic of China does not like that at all. Uh, so there has been a crackdown on it. They're using facial recognition scanners as well. You know, customers are writing to us and telling us, "Hey, the situation here is crazy." You know, there's a person who wore a 3M mask that wasn't uh, rated for any kind of impact resistance, and somebody lost an eye, and uh, wow. it's just absolute chaos. So that's so, just, so for people that don't even don't <clears throat> aren't really. Sure. Probably a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. know what's going on over there, but just bring why would they why would they confiscate gas masks or, or protective equipment in Hong Kong? So so the protesters are you know um, beyond just giving their demands on what they want, uh, their demands weren't being met. So there there was a sect of protesters that began uh, protesting violently. So they started throwing Molotov cocktails. They started you know uh, getting into altercations with the police there. So uh, they use the uh, gas mask to protect themselves from the tear gas that's being deployed from the OC spray, et cetera. And uh, it, it's a tool that helps them combat the police mm-hmm. uh, to a certain degree. So they don't, they, want, they don't want to make it easy for people to protest. They want to make it hard for you to protest. Uh, that's why they're spraying everybody down with this blue dye so they can go ahead and arrest you later. Um, they're also okay. uh, cracking down on import of respirators. And uh, for many months the, uh, uh, from Taiwan, they were receiving big shipments, and they stopped shipments from Taiwan, and they also stopped shipments from mainland China uh, with their Chinese masks that were coming in. Uh, and it's just, you know, when situations like this happen, there's just a run on it, and everybody wants to get this kind of product at the same time. And it's not only the protesters, but it's also the people who are innocent bystanders who are just walking to work are people who are living in their high-rises. And all of that stuff goes into the ventilation systems. It goes mm. into their house. They're oh. sitting there getting tear-gassed in their own homes because... They're not the even gas, out on the street. They're not yeah. even out on the street. Right. Their children get tear-gassed. Some people may have asthma. You can have a reaction to it. And oh. it could stop you from, you know, it could cause a really nasty medical yeah. emergency. Wow. So <clears throat> there are kind of... Uh, there's collateral damage that happens during these situations. Unintended consequences. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So even if you're not in the thick of it, just being in that general vicinity, you could, you can get gassed. Everybody needs the air, right? They do. Yeah, they do. So when you you mentioned the word uh, respirator, that would be that would be maybe a technical name for a gas mask. Is that how how you would look at that? Sure. So a gas mask is really a full face respirator. There's respirators that are just half face. You know, it's just a respirator. You could also have an N95 respirator, which is a simple paper mask that you put over your face. Um, but a gas mask is something that stops gases from getting into your face, into your eyes, and it typically refers to a full face configuration where it protects the whole face. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, a respirator would be something you'd use for like drywall. 
know, well, respirator, it, a gas mask is also a respirator. It's just respirator is more of a general term for anything that protects your breathing passages. Okay. Yeah. Good. So talk to us a, a little bit about, uh, yeah, before we get much further into this, mm -hmm. we always like to, when we bring in a new guest, give people an opportunity to get to know who they are. Sure. Okay. So maybe go back as far as you want. Uh, take us from your earliest childhood or somewhere between <laughs> then and now, sure. and uh, how you got to where you're at now with your, with your company, with your passion to uh, bring these sorts of safety equipment to people, all that. Take as much time as you want and cover sure. it any way you want. Sure. So it all started off in uh, the USSR. I was born in 1986, given my age here. Um, but I was born a few months before the Chernobyl incident. And the Chernobyl incident, as you know, I mean, very popular show out now, was a major disaster. Hmm. Many people mm -hmm. died because of the situation. And it was always talked about in family circles, how it could have been prevented, what happened, you know, um, how the whole situation uh, transpired. So it always stuck in my mind that, hey, you know, people used respirators, you know, the gear that they used, and, um, you know, just, just how the situation played out. I was always fascinated by it. <clears throat> and uh, in high school, uh, I actually went to Fort Hamilton High School in Brooklyn, New York, and it was right across the water from the World Trade Center. And, uh, you know, as the towers were coming down, me and my buddies were out on the water just watching the whole thing go down. And uh, a lot of my friends did lose family members. But beyond that, the after effect of what happened, mm -hmm. people suffering from mesothelioma, you know, other types of cancers, uh, all because they were breathing in all this dust, all this soot, all this asbestos, chromium, and everything else, uh, coming out of these towers, and if they had something so simple as an N95 mask even, or just a simple half-face respirator, or a full-face gas mask, uh, we wouldn't have seen as many cases of cancer and all these other uh, you know, debilitating diseases uh, develop. So you know, that, that definitely had a big influence on uh, me starting Mirror Safety. Uh, I got into the preparedness business in general in 2013, uh, my first brand is Ready to Go Survival. We make pre-made emergency kits, bug out bags, etc. We do a lot of government contracts as well for the uh, CIA, FBI overseas uh, for go bags in case uh, a, big, a Benghazi event happens and you just got to grab and go and get out. You know the guys serving in the embassies, etc. Uh, and then Mirror Safety, I just started actually a year and a half ago, so it's still a fairly new company, but we are. Uh, growing tremendously uh, because of you know what's going on with recent world events and our our real goal is to make sure that we can release professional grade products things that the military uses to the general population and we're really one of the only companies doing that and uh, along with that it's very important for us to provide products for every person in society including children so we're one of the only companies that releases children's hazmat suits children's gas masks gloves and other personal protective equipment because the most vulnerable in society you know if the crap hits the fan adults have their respirators they have their suits there's products they can buy but children and pets you know there's nothing for them we also have a, a dog and cat system coming out as well in enclosure which is which is still hush hush it's not uh, <laughs> fully uh, fully developed yet but we'll be releasing that sometime this year so that's kind of the uh, the, the mm. backstory of mm -hmm. why I started it and uh, mirror safety a lot of people ask about the name. What does Mir stand for? Uh, so Mir is a Slavic word, Mir, meaning peace and world. Hmm. Uh, so we hope for world peace. 
Uh, but if times aren't peaceful, then you know they have Mira safety products. But beyond that, it's also uh, uh, Mira means in Spanish to see. So you know you're 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 able to see through the mask. And uh, my wife's last name is Mira Nova, so that also played some influence in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so all those combinations combined, you know, it's all those things uh, made me come up with the name Mirror Safety for the company. You seem to me to be a, and we just met, yeah. a very purposeful, uh, focused person. I'd like to think so. I don't, <laughs> I'd like to hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a really compelling story that, I, you know, the stories of Chernobyl affected you. And you know, watching the t- twin towers come down, and yeah. So I just, I just want to, I want to jump into this. Like, I'd love to, to talk about some of your products specifically. Sure. Maybe uh, however you want to approach this. Uh, talk about what to look for in a mask, a filter, uh, some things not to use, things you hate, things you love, sure. uh, things that people can do uh, right now to get themselves prepared for. I mean, we're talking about what is it, the uh, the rule of threes, right? I mean, it, blood and airflow are going to be our two most critical things, and it's air is given, right? We don't, especially in this country, we don't, we don't think about that all that much. Absolutely. And so sometimes, sometimes that most important uh, aspect, uh, you know, people don't carry tourniquets; they don't have protection for their breathing. Right. That's true. Uh, so they put it off to last until situ- situations in the world happen. Like uh, you were mentioning, even uh, you're seeing a spike in sales because of what's going on in Iran. Was that true? Was that what you're saying? Yeah. So the Iranian situation definitely brought a big spike in sales. You know, not just to our company, but all respirator manufacturers out there. And uh, you know, people are concerned. You know, mm-hmm. where Iran is in Iraq, <laughs> they have allies. You know, their allies with Russia, their allies with China. And there are many theories out there. I mean, we can go into these theories and daydream about what could possibly happen, but people think that there is some Iranian presence here in the States and that if we do attack them, that they have the uh, capability of you know, launching some kind of CBRN threat mm-hmm. here in the States. So people let their imaginations run wild. But you know, at the same time, it's uh, better prepare today to kind of survive tomorrow. Better mm-hmm. to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And yep. uh, what's going on right now with this virus is uh, you know perfectly shows that because there is a run on these products now and this this happens all the time you know when you have a hurricane happen everybody goes out and buys the generators you can no longer buy them um, you can't go out and buy these water bobs as you know mm-hmm. uh, they were very popular during Hurricane Harvey Hurricane Sandy and everybody just sells out uh, you know if you just take precautions beforehand and just get a few items here and there to stock up as opposed to being reactionary like many people are in society where they just go out and buy everything at the same time and uh, right as an emergency is knocking at their at their front door um, you know I think we'd be much better as a society we'd be mm-hmm. much better prepared and uh, we'd be able to mitigate a lot of the after effects the, the lingering negative things that happen after disasters if we were just you know more proactive mm-hmm. maybe I want to back up a little bit and talk about this Wuhan outbreak and this coronavirus, like what protections just in general should people be taking? Now we're all here in Las Vegas, we've all got to travel. There's, is, is there risk as we travel even now? Is there, is there risk to people? What, what, are, uh, what are some characteristics of, of this particular 
incident and what what can we do to uh, protect ourselves even if we don't have your equipment right now absolutely so the number one thing is wash your hands you know very basic things that you can do just proper hygiene um, trying to stay away from populated areas uh, it is like transmitted, airplanes. yeah, like airplanes. <laughs> uh, it is transmitted through skin-to-skin contact, which is kind of scary because I, sh- I shook a lot of hands today, and um, you know, <laughs> this week, this day, and uh, yeah, that's 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 a little scary. So try not to shake hands, just out of respect. Somebody sees, oh, hey, how you doing? Just tell them you're sick. Be like, oh, I'm a little sick. I'm feeling a little under the weather. You know, it's better not to shake my hand. Um, that's one thing you can do. Uh, in Japan, it's actually very common for people to wear face masks all the time mm-hmm. when they walk around. And a lot of them actually do it out of respect for other people. So if you're feeling under the weather, you're going to put on a face mask so you don't cough and sneeze on other people. We don't do that here in the States. If uh, you ever see anybody in the supermarket wearing a face mask, you're like, look at that weirdo. But you know what? The Japanese are onto something. And that's, that's a great thing. And I think that it shouldn't be stigmatized. It shouldn't be looked at as weird. It's somebody looking out for their fellow man. They don't want to get them sick, so they're protecting, you know, keeping their germs to themselves, which is great. Um, if there is a more widespread outbreak, um, then you're going to need some more precautions. Um, in that case, you're going to want to wear a face mask anytime you go outside, especially if it's in your city. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a virologist. I really don't know how severe the threat is at this point. I'm just going by what I hear in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, you want to make sure that you have a P3 filter, at least. Uh, that means that uh, for, for P3, it filters out 99.9999% plus of all particulates. Um, you want to make sure uh, that. But you also, um, it would be good to get a multi-gas filter as well, uh, which has activated carbon in it. Um, just in case uh, the virus somehow makes it through that 99.9999 plus percent barrier. Um, so, you know, the medical threats like this are, you don't need that same level of sophistication as you would need with a CBRN threat mm-hmm. or a chemical weapons threat. It's, it's easier to block out. Uh, the problem is that uh, the way these things spread you just don't know when it's going to be in your area or if it's spreading already. You know, symptoms may come later, and before you know it, it's you know, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people suffering with the same thing. And uh, you know, these things happen throughout history. We've had Spanish flu. Spanish flu took out 50 million people. Um, we've had SARS outbreaks. We've had other things happen. And uh, just taking simple precautions, once again, washing your hands, not shaking too many hands, Staying out of populated areas, simple things, basic things can help you um, not to contract the disease. That's really good. And it's, it's ironic and interesting that I always, I have a four mil little zip bag, and in that I have a N95 filter. I've got some nitrile gloves. I've, I've actually got goofy swimming goggles. <laughs> They're small, and they fit in there. And I have those. And before I left, I was thinking, gosh, I got to get another set for Ben because mm-hmm. I carry those all the time when I travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess I guess because I, I care about my son more than me, he'll get that kit when we get on the plane, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you should wear it. You should listen to your dad. <laughs> if you're not going to wear it, I will. 
so uh, that's, that's really good. That's really helpful. So that's what we can do right now without, without, without even... Buying anything. Without buying anything. Without buying anything. That's really good. So why don't we get into then uh, some of the equipment, some of the do's, some of the don'ts, as far as uh, the equipment, some of the basics. True. And, uh, oh, you had mentioned the uh, CBRN. Just bring people up to speed. People have heard you say that, and they don't necessarily know what it, what it means. Sure. So CBRN stands for Chemical, Biological, Radiological, Nuclear. And it's kind of an umbrella term for all these threats because usually products that are developed for one application are developed for all four of those applications um, because it's just kind of uh, it goes into the same category. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I can go into the products here and kind of give you a little rundown. Uh, so we have a Geiger counter here, which I'm showing you. Oh, okay. This is a pocket-sized device, and really, what you're going to be—it's about—it's actually smaller than most tactical flashlights. Yes, just to exactly. describe it to our listeners. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a small device, and this is something that you can just keep in your pocket, keep in your duty bag, in your duty belt, in your EDC kit, and this gives you information. Okay. I've been looking for something like this. And yeah. I've never <laughs> have found one yet. I have to get. Yeah. So uh, this gives you information. If you live somewhere downtown and you hear an explosion go off, you want to know right away, is it dirty or is it clean? Because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the threat is. And uh, something simple like this, if you hear something go off, you can just bring this right up to your window. If there's fallout falling down, you can tell right away if there's ionizing radiation coming out of this threat. And you don't want to learn about this days later when the feds come in with their big machines and they tell you that you've been exposed to dangerous amounts of radiation. You want to be able to make that decision right away uh, to retreat, get underground, and get away from the threat as fast as humanly possible. So, very important thing to have. I Every have day carry <laughs> Geiger counter. Yes. That is going Geiger. in my kit. I got, I got. <laughs> so, that, that gives you information, and that's yes. the point. Information is vital. Along yes. with this, you, could you also, can't see it. You can't, you see can't it. smell it can't smell it. So very important, alongside of this, an emergency crank radio. Absolutely essential in everyone's bag because it's also information. Mm -hmm. You're going to listen on the radio. If any kind of disaster happens right away, everyone's broadcasting, giving you the latest information. So you want to listen in and to learn, is it safe? Is it dangerous? What's going on? Very important. Um, So once you have the information, uh, then you go into your protective equipment. So... Here I have two filters here. Uh, these are both CBRN filters, and one does a little bit something extra. So for CBRN filter, what should you be looking for? So over here you're going to see a rating system, which maybe you could share in the appendix or something like that. I could share some resources with you. But you're going to see a code, and the code is going to say yeah, we'll provide A2. Links. Yep. Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, the code says A2, B2, E2, K2, HG, P3, DR, SX, yeah. Reactor. Okay, so each one of these things stands for a different class of contaminants and a different uh, concentration of the contaminants. So the letter stands for the uh, type and class, essentially. Uh, and the class is the parts per million. Is this your cheat sheet? You just pulled out a sheet. It's yeah, cheat this, sheet is, this, is, I mean, this is just the technical specs for the specific filter. Okay, I got you. But it's kind yeah. of a cheat sheet as well, yeah. so you can look nice. at it. Um, so uh, A is organic gases and vapors. B, mm. inorganic gases and vapors. E acid gases and vapors, uh, K, ammonia and amines, uh, HG, mercury and vapors, SX is for three specific chemical warfare agents, including phosgene, um, D is a dust test, so, uh, and P3 is 
solid particles and liquid aerosols. And P3 is really what you need for any kind of biocontamination. Hmm. Um, and then one other thing is the reactor. It's a, the standard, uh, the European standard for the uh, reactor is, is called DIN. That is the organization that rates a product like this as a reactor filter. And what a reactor filter means is that it could filter out radioactive methyl iodide and radioactive iodine. And these are the types of threats that are released uh, during dirty bomb explosions or nuclear reactor meltdowns. And unless a filter is specifically rated for these threats, uh, chances are it's not going to help you if there is a radioactive iodine threat uh, present. So you want to look at this code, you want to break it down, and you want to see exactly what the filter rating is because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. People think, oh, one filter is as good as any other filter. And it really gets kind of, it gets technical. So my, uh, my surplus Israeli uh, civilian masks are probably not going to do it. Uh, I would say no. I would say no. Uh, especially, my, mind especially my mind exploded five <laughs> minutes ago, just, just to let you yeah. know. Uh, especially on filters. So with a mask, so long as it's been stored, even if it's surplus, so long as it's been stored in ideal conditions, you inspect it, it doesn't have any micro cracks in it, you'd probably be okay with your surplus mask. You should swap out the valves on them because the valves deteriorate much faster than the mask does. Hmm. So get new valves on it. So they've all got a lifespan. So they all have a lifespan. Exactly. Any idea what the lifespan just... So on our, on our products, on? we have a 20-year shelf life on our products. But, you know, legally, we have to put a shelf life of 20 years. If they're stored in ideal conditions, uh, the lifespan can go longer than I, that. Ideal conditions are what? Um, so, I mean, there's humidity, certain humidity, not, not big temperature well, humidity, fluctuations. Store them in, your, in, a, in, a, in cold, a dry, cool, in a dry, dry basement, yeah, just dry like you would your MREs. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Very similar. Um, <clears throat> so that's this filter. Uh, this filter right here, this green one that I'm showing you, uh, so this is CBRN plus carbon monoxide. So what you can do is um, there's an oxidizing agent inside of this filter right here called Hopcolite. What Hopcolite does is it's an oxi oxidative agent and it adds an oxygen atom to carbon monoxide, allowing you to breathe it out as carbon dioxide. And as many, you know, as the listeners may know, carbon monoxide binds to your brain cells and it'll make you pass out. And that's why there's carbon monoxide detectors inside of homes. Mm -hmm. um, and carbon monoxide is produced when fires are starved of oxygen. So you're not going to really experience carbon monoxide sickness uh, during wildfire events because there's still oxygen flowing through it. You're outside after all. But you will if you're in an enclosed area because it's not a well-oxygenated space. So for that, usually there's two different products that you would get. You know, for your CBRN stuff, you'd get a mask and a CBRN filter. And then for fire hazards, you'd get an escape hood, as it's called, which just has hopcolate in the filter. So this product right here kind of combines both worlds. Okay. And so that's, <clears throat> that is, is essentially this first filter plus the carbon monoxide protection. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's also made of metal to be more heat resistant. Yep. So, so if you wanted one thing that did you know, dealt with all the threats, yeah. that would be the one you would want yeah, to get. Yeah, that would be the VK450. The VK450, okay. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So now let's move on to the mask, right? You got to have a good filter. You got to have information. And you got to have a mask. Uh, so for a mask, what are you going to be looking at? Uh, you're going to be looking for CBRN resistant rubber, and typically that's bromobutyl rubber, uh, any kind of uh, butyl derivative. There's a few of them. Uh, EPDM, which is an elastomer of several different kind of rubbers combined. Um, and uh, the reason is uh, mustard gas and blistering agents, they'll start seeping through silicone. So you don't want to use silicone mm. rubber. You want to use a specialty kind of rubber that's resistant to chemical warfare agents. Um, you're going to want a drinking system. That's very important yes. because you're going to be exerting yourself. You're evacuating. You're bugging out. You're getting out of harm's way. right? And uh, you might not have the option to take off your mask and hydrate. And uh, you also might be low on electrolytes because you're sweating, you're running. You could mix in you know, electrolytes into your camelback. And this does hook up to a Camelback. It's Camelback compliant, uh, compatible. This so mask. explain what this looks like to people. Sure. So it's a wide panoramic field of view here. Um, you like got that. two filter ports, one on, uh, one on each side. Some of them have the, these little uh, circular eye, the they old do. school ones. Yeah. That, and, those are the Israeli masks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this one has a very wide. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's it's almost 180. Almost. Uh, almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, visibility in a in a very big viewing area. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, so that, that's important because you want to have information. You want to you know, be able to see peripherally very well. Back to the information. Um, it's also good to have two mm-hmm. filter ports, left and right side, because whether you're a left-handed shooter or a right-handed shooter, you want to switch that filter up onto your opposite side so it doesn't impinge on you getting close to your rifle. You don't want it on the front? No, you don't want it on the front. <laughs> Not the back, because it's going to be You can't do anything. Close. You can't really do much on the front, yeah. That's why most military masks, they do the side. And it would obscure your vision even down, too, right? It would. Yeah. But even a mask like this is not ideal for shooting. Okay. Because it doesn't have that cheek weld. Okay, so you can use, uh, you got to get your cheek close to the stock. And uh, the only way you could really do that is if a mask is specifically made to have that cheek oh, weld. Interesting. And we do have that in another product, uh, the CM7M, okay. which is actually the uh, current military issue mask for the uh, Czech Republic and uh, <clears throat> Latvia and Lithuania as well. So that mask is optics compatible. Uh, it's got a recessed visor system where the visors come in closer to your eyes. And that's important because uh, you're able to get your eye closer to magnified optics for eye relief. If you've ever looked, in, mm-hmm. uh, looked through a pair of binoculars, you know, if you get just a little bit further away, you can't see anything through right, them. Right. But you got to get close to get eye relief. So that's been you know, engineered into the mask. <clears throat> but this is, for a, a, the average person, mm-hmm. this is way better than most of what 
you would typically see out there in, in surplus. Absolutely, yeah. and, and the most important thing is it's a brand new product. You know where it's been, you know how it's stored. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it follows all best practices for, for new CBR and equipment. Uh, so, so the problem with um, surplus, I'm not trying to dog on surplus here and say that it's all bad. Uh, the way surplus works is governments stock these masks and other protective products in the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. So when they expire, what they do is they hire a contracting company to come and clean up the mess and just get rid of it for them. Instead of throwing it away into a landfill or properly disposing of it, what they do is they put it up at auction and then the surplus, the military surplus stores come and you know, buy them up in bulk, the Amazon sellers, the eBay sellers, etc. Um, so uh, the risk is during that transition period from going uh, from government uh, ownership to uh, the warehouse to the other person, you don't know how it was stored. It could have been stored in a, you know, a humid uh, warehouse with a lot of heat exposure for an extended period of time and rubber degrades, you know, rubber mm -hmm. gets cracks in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever had like one of those slingshots. Oh, yeah. And you've left oh, yeah. it alone for yep. like a year or two and then picked it up. Oh, it snaps right away. Mm -hmm. Why does it snap? It's because the uh, structural integrity of rubber degrades with different storage conditions. It's mm -hmm. rubber. Yep. You know? So <clears throat> you, you have to look out for that. And, uh, you know, there may be micro cracks in the rubber. Uh, the flaps are also thin. The exhalation valves, the inhalation valves. And those things are really important to have proper integrity because... If it's letting things in when you're breathing in uh, sort of through the exhalation valve as opposed to through the filters, your mask is useless. Yeah, defeats the purpose. Yeah. So talk us through this mask. It looks like there's a lot more on this mask. So you've got you've got ports on both sides. Yep. Uh, lefty, righty, you know your choice. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have two filters in here at a time. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to use two filters at a time. Um, it would lower the breathing resistance. That is one benefit. Um, but it's going to be cumbersome. You're going to be wearing more weight on your face. You want to keep the weight down as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So you really ideally just want to wear one filter on the opposite side of where the side you shoulder a rifle yep. on. <clears throat> and then there's, a, there's a, uh, a tube that goes off to the right-hand side here, and yep. that's, that's your drinking tube. That's the Easy. hydration system. So yep. it's a hydration system. So inside, somehow, you, you can uh, draw the water in. Yep. So as you see here... As I'm twisting the knob on the uh, right side of the mask where the tube is, uh, you're going to see the straw oh. pop into your mouth. Oh. So you can retract it, take it back out. I see that. Drink with it, connect this to a canteen. So, so yeah, when he turns that, the hose is, when it's closed, it goes off to the side, out of your way. Mm -hmm. And when he opens it, it, it comes right to about where your mouth would be. Yep. Real simple, and the the this uh, all of our masks come with canteens, uh, so you could connect the canteen to it right away. But I don't recommend that because you're going to be taking opening the system up, opening and closing and opening and closing. That does raise the chance of a contaminant getting onto the straw system. So you really want to connect it to a Camelback, and you want it to be connected at all times during your evacuation, because um, that way you're getting continuous flow. You don't have to disconnect or reconnect. You're always Everything, you always have access everything to is going to be harder when you have a mask on, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you should, you should also train with your mask. Mm -hmm. If you do any kind of tactical training, yep. you should train with your mask. It will change the dynamics of the situation tremendously. It will be harder to breathe. 
you will have to get used to lower oxygen coming into your lungs and you're going to have to train with it. Mm -hmm. So um, you could actually uh, lower the breathing resistance one way. With a mask like this, it is compatible with a powered air purifying respirator. So now what this does is, uh, this is a uh, external device. Uh, you would connect it via tube to one of the inhalation ports over here, and it would be constantly pumping air into your mask. Hmm. So it works through positive pressure as opposed to negative pressure where you're breathing in through your lungs and sucking air through the filter. It's just always blowing air. So that might be something you want to consider for somebody who may have breathing problems already. Somebody Absolutely. who has emphysema or... or yeah, so uh, I believe the um, average human breathes at uh, 17 liters per minute. So you want to have a device that blows more than 17 liters per minute of air into your mask. Mm -hmm. So we have a blower system actually that does 45, okay. which is almost triple the amount. So it's constant blowing air in, and that's going to make it a lot easier for you to exert yourself without having to spend a lot of energy uh, you know, breathing through a negative pressure system. Nice. So that's sort of a setup. People can go to your website and you, you kind of step them through how to... Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, the powered air purifying device is not yet available on our website. This is a new product. We, we're okay. presenting it here at SHOT Show. Nice. It's not on sale yet. We will be doing a pre-sale on it. Um, and we're also going to be doing a pre-sale on this uh, pet device that we'll be releasing okay. along with a baby escape respirator nice. for children. Nice. <clears throat> but your mask is already compatible with those future, those upcoming products. It is. Yep. Nice. So uh, people with glasses. Yes. Yes, that's a great question. So uh, with glasses, a lot of people opt to wear contacts with a gas mask. Okay. And in some cases that will work, they'll be fine. Uh, but if you are exposed to tear gas, and let's say any amount of tear gas gets into your mask and you're wearing contact lenses, it's going to irritate your eyes. It's going to have a very bad, and it could actually damage your retina. Uh, because the uh, contact lens begins dissolving mm -hmm. when certain things hit it. So uh, what you want is a mask that's compatible with a spectacle kit. And uh, this mask right here, the CM6M uh, mirror safety mask, does have compatibility with the 3M 6878 spectacle kit. That's a specific model number, um, which you could just pop it right in. You give the kit over to your local optician. He'll put the lenses in for 40 60 bucks or whatever it costs, and you're good to go. You oh, have the glasses built into your mask. You cannot wear standard glasses with masks because it's going to break the seal. It's going to break the seal right around, right around your temples. Yep. The, there have been some people doing kind of workarounds where they create a stubby form of glasses, where they'll just buy cheap glasses, cut up, cut off the temple area here, Duct tape it to their hand, and then what? and then just stick it inside of here and kind oh, of I see maneuver what you're it. Yeah. Right, just at the temples. So that you could do that. Um, but it is suggested that, you know, it, it might get loose inside the mask when you're bugging out or some emergency is happening. You don't want your equipment failing on you. And, you know, that could put you in a dangerous situation. Moisture in your mask would affect that, right? Um, I mean, just movement would affect movement, that. Yeah, sweating. Yeah, sweating. Perspiration, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So another, speaking of sweating, um, you're going to want to have a oro-nasal cup in your mask, uh, which is this device right here basically covers okay, your nose that. and mouth, and it keeps all that hot air localized around your mouth. It doesn't go up into the visor area. I was going to ask about right. that. Because that could lead to fogging. If you don't have an oral no nasal cup, right. you're going to get fogged up. If you get fogged up, you can't see. You might as well be vision impaired. Right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so 
This mask that we're looking at now yep. is, I'm not sure what the dimensions are, maybe you know. Is this a one-size-fits-all kind of deal? That is a one-size-fits-all. It fits 95% of the adult population. Okay. Uh, the seal is engineered in a way where it's kind of a, a wide seal, as you can see. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. seals across a larger area in your face. Uh, and that's, that allows it to be more of a universal size. And I like how you have like a, a netting that comes across the back connecting five points to the mask that looks like it's very red, readily adjustable and lockable. That yeah, would be so a lot more comfortable than some of the crossover bands and things I've seen in masks, right? It would. So, so this serves a few purposes here. Um, so you really want mesh netting for the head harness. So this, because is, this it's would go back cool. behind your head and to secure the mask. It would, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the benefits is uh, you're going to get much better breathability. Um, mm -hmm. And the other one is this doesn't pull hair like rubber. If you've ever tried on a gas mask with uh, rubber straps, the rubber straps really start tearing on your hair and it's going to mm -hmm. become an uncomfortable situation, um, you know, especially for women, you know, because they got all types of hairdos going on. Mm -hmm. and, um, they're not going to like wearing a mask that tears out their hair. They're going to be a little pissed off. So mm -hmm. if you want to make your lady happy, make sure you get a mask that has a uh, textile head harness, no, rubber. <laughs> word, word of advice from a married man who's put a gas mask on his wife more than once. <laughs> nice, nice. How long do the filters last? Like, can you just, yeah. Yeah, so the filters, um, that depends on a few factors, okay? It's one of those it depends answers. It depends on atmospheric conditions, the type of contaminant you're filtering, the concentration of the contaminant, along with your breathing rate. Um, as a general rule of thumb, we recommend for emergency evacuation purposes that you have two filters per person per day, for, per 24-hour period. You're gonna know it's time to change the filter when breathing becomes labored. It's gonna become harder for you to breathe. Mm -hmm. Or you're also gonna know it's time to change the filter when uh, you start smelling something inside of the mask. So a lot of people say, oh, what do you mean smelling something inside of the mask? Does that mean I'm already dead? And that's, that's not the case. So um, even at one part per million, you are able to smell these things, mm -hmm. you know, certain things. If it's carbon monoxide, it's odorless, you can't smell anything. But uh, even at one part per million, you can smell many contaminants. And at one part per million, it, it may not be dangerous to your health. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and I would guess your, your sense of smell would be heightened when you're in a critical situation like this too. Oh, so, absolutely. so you're going to notice it absolutely. right away. Absolutely. So you had mentioned training with your mask. Mm -hmm. So is there something like you, you get a filter, you crack it open, you train with it, it's done. You're not going to reuse, you're not going to cap that and reuse that. No, so in your bug uh, out bag or filters cannot be regenerated in any way. They're disposable products. Once you open up the vacuum sealing, the clock starts ticking pretty much because uh, even if you're not actively breathing through it, Activated carbon is passively absorbing everything in the mm -hmm. air. Mm -hmm. That's what activated carbon does. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ever, you know, if, if your garage ever smelled a little funky, all you got to do is put in a bag of activated carbon in there, and it's going to just suck up all the smells because it's constantly working to suck things in. Um, so, yeah, if you if you open a filter, just consider it a one-time use product. You do not want to use it for an emergency, even a week later, because. There's so many variables as to its shelf life after you open it. Once again, atmospheric conditions, what's in the air around you, um, how hot, how cold it is, you know, everything else that goes in between. So, so maybe uh, briefly take us to the next 
level then. So we've got breathing protection. Let's just say that you need uh, more. You need some sort of body protection. Sure. Um, I, I see. I see people with these like Tyvek suits and duct tape sure. and rubber boots. Um, maybe step us through pluses and minuses. So, so let me tell you first what yeah. what this won't work for. Okay. Good. Okay? Good. This yeah. won't work for ionizing radiation. Okay. okay? Uh, there's alpha, beta, and gamma particles. And gamma radiation, beta radiation, no equipment will stop that, unless you're wearing lead, okay? So primarily, if there's any kind of nuclear disaster, first thing you need to do is seek uh, distance, shielding, and let time pass, and listen in. This isn't the type of product you live in. You're not gonna put on your mask Go inside, you know, inside your home. And just this is going to week. get you to a safe exactly. situation. It's, it's, it's to evacuate. It's to get to a safe situation. So, um, good point. The good thing is, uh, ionizing radiation decays fairly quickly. So, um, with alpha radiation, you could stop that with just a piece of paper. You know, you don't need like a big, thick, heavy suit. It'll stop it with a piece of paper, even through your skin. It's not going to even parse your skin. Um, but if you breathe it in, it's very dangerous. It will cause lung cancer. So you don't want to breathe in alpha particles, and that's why a respirator like this will help you. Um, beta and gamma, they just, they're like bullets that just kind of shoot through everything. So that you just need to be as far away from the threat as possible, layers of concrete, layers of steel, get into the deep interior of a building. If you live in a high rise and they have a garage, that's perfect because it's, you know, it's deep underground. It's covered in concrete. That's a good place for you to be. Um, <clears throat> you don't want to be outside. And you want to listen in, get the information from authorities, and see when they're telling you it's safe to evacuate or not. And uh, within four weeks, uh, I believe the radiation numbers go down by 99%. Just so if you could hunker down for that period of time, this is what you would wear to get out and evacuate. Because you don't want that stuff getting on your skin when you're going to a safe location. Gotcha. Yep. So let's talk about then some full body protection. Yep. To get to get to that safe place. Sure. Um, so uh, what you're going to want is a kind of a CBR on suit. Look for whatever the military uses. So there's a few options there. There's the uh, permeable uh, uh, CBR on suits, and that's what you know these guys with these camo suits that look like they're made of fabric. Mm -hmm. uh, so actually, on the outside, it's like um, water resistant fabric, but on the inside, it's lined with carbon. They're very expensive. They're typically only available to the military. Uh, the benefit is they're breathable, uh, so that's great, but they will stop these, you know, horrible agents from getting inside. Um, the more affordable thing... But they would have a lifespan then, because there's carbon, They right? do, they yeah. do. So once you crack it open, you get 30 days. It's a 30-day shelf life. Gotcha. And I believe the retail price on a new unit, not really available to the civilian population. We're working on that. We're going to be releasing something like that soon. Uh, but it's about $700 for a suit like that. You open it up, 30 days later, you got to dispose of it. Um, the other option is uh, impermeable suits, and that's what you see with the Tyvek and the more reinforced uh, type of. Exactly, they're uh, you know they're made of kind of layers of different polymers uh, to, to to block these kind of threats, and that's what you're going to see mostly in the market. That's what uh, we sell on our website with the Mirror Safety Has Suit. Uh, the Has Suit is actually um, uh, it's actively used that material by the U.S. Department of the, uh, Defense, all branches. And we partnered up with a uh, manufacturer in the States called Kapler. 
and uh, Kapler does PP for the military for the longest time, and uh, you know they're great guys over there. We spoke to them, we're like, hey, let's let's get a product out there for the civilian masses, and they were really on board. And you know we uh, we got a great partnership with them, and they they make awesome products right here in the United States. So when you buy you know Mirror Safety has suit, you buy any Kapler products, know that you're supporting you know American business. Mm, nice. <clears throat> And uh, so, yeah, those suits are more affordable. Uh, retail price on a mirror safety has suit is $119. Oh, it's not bad. Um, they are disposable. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you wear it in a CBRN environment, you're not going to want to wash it off and, like, wear it again later on. You're going to want to decontaminate and get rid of it. Okay. Um, Decontamination is a whole other thing. <laughs> that goes very deep, and uh, that's also very important. Um, it, it really, you really have to read up on it and research it because different types of threats require different contamination procedures. Gotcha. You don't want to be, you know, uh, the good thing is, you know, uh, the government's going to set up these decontamination tents when something's going on. And, and who do you think they're going to let through the roadblock when the shit's hitting the fan? The family that's all geared out with masks, you know, hoods, uh, fully clothed head to toe, or, you know, the family that's coming through wearing absolutely nothing. You know, and they have decontamination procedures. It's going to be much easier for them to decontaminate you wearing protective gear than it is if you got the stuff on your skin and you've already been exposed. Gotcha. So, interesting. <clears throat> so, the Tyvek. Let's just talk about the Tyvek because mm -hmm. you know there's there's all these hacks out there, right? Yeah. For for this, is that effective? Duct taping. Uh, the openings to your rubber gloves and to your rubber boots and all that sort of stuff uh, and wearing a Tyvek suit? Absolutely. That helps for splash, uh, the taping off. Okay. Uh, we recommend uh, chem tape, which is chem. specifically um, you know, made for chemical resistance. Okay. Uh, Tyvek is great for any kind of blood-borne pathogens, uh, any kind of bio-threats. If, uh, let's say, this uh, uh, coronavirus becomes a thing, you're probably gonna, a Tyvek suit would, would likely be what you'd need. You wouldn't need to go full CBRN, you know, for VX mustard gas and everything else. A Tyvek suit would prevent you from uh, from those pathogens touching your skin, which is important. So that, that's that's a great thing to get Tyvek suits for those applications. Okay. Uh, if you want to go full CBRN, then you would go with something more comprehensive. Uh, there's there's different fabrics out there. Uh, make sure to look at the ratings. Make sure to look at the technical specs and know what you're getting yourself into. Literally, you know, it's clothing. <laughs> you got to know what you're what you're what you're buying. You got to be an educated consumer. Don't just like buy something off the shelf and expect to for it to protect you. Really, do your research. And it looks like uh, your website, what you're doing, is a is a good hub. It's a good good place to start. Not only can people get some information there, right, but they can they can get the products. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they can check out mirrorsafety.com. Um, they could look at our blog. We do have some detailed posts on choosing a gas mask, what you should be looking for, a breakdown of the uh, filter ratings, how they work, uh, all the certifications that go on beyond, behind the scenes, what certifications you should be looking for, NIOSH versus CE versus EN uh, versus GOSS standard, which is the Russian CE standard. Um, so yeah, you can get all that information on our blog if you want to take a look. Nice. We really need to do some videos for people on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we really do. I, I'd love to send you some products to try out. Cool. Yeah. Cool, let's do that. And uh, just to, to leave on out of here and, and give people a few action steps now to take, 
what would you suggest? Well, with the current threats, once again, wash your hands, stay away from populated areas, don't shake people's hands. If you could wear a simple N95 face mask, wear it. It's not a big deal. You'd rather look weird and be alive than get sick and you know everybody's going to laugh at you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to matter, really. Right. Um, and just stay tuned. Make sure you're, you're tracking what's going on. Get the latest information. And you know, if you want to prepare and you want to take more precautions, stock up on some filters, stock up on a mask, um, find a way to protect your children as well because they are you know, the most important things in the world for us mm -hmm. as parents. Uh, so find a way to protect your children. And uh, <clears throat> just keep your eyes and ears open. That's really good. So you're flying home? I might want to drive now. <laughs> no joke. We're, we're, we're going to, uh, my family's here with me, and uh, we'll be going to uh, uh, Grand Canyon. Okay. You know, my my one-year-old daughter, she, you know, my, my wife wanted to show her Grand Canyon and everything. So we're going to go to uh, Phoenix and fly from Phoenix back to Austin, Texas. Um, but at this point, I'm thinking I'm just going to take that Enterprise rental car and take that 12-hour troop back home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Pennsylvania is a lot further oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. not a fun ride. You want to take a road <laughs> trip, Ben? <laughs>
And so go check that out. Also, we'll put links to Sportsman's Guide. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a win-win for everybody when you guys support Sportsman's Guide. Go over to tinysurvival.com. Also, thank you all. If you haven't subscribed, do it now. Thank you for those who have subscribed. And please go over to whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Give us a five-star rating, and uh, we'd love to see your, and hear your comments. All right, Ben. I think it's time to leave on out of here. All right, everybody, thank you for being with us. Thanks for joining us today. And hmm, it's a survival show podcast. We're out of here, Ben. We're heading home. Man, I wish we could drive, but we got to fly. Flying out of here tonight, red eye. So everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.